Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. I am excited that we are starting a three-week series looking at missional communities. And we're going to be doing this in two ways. Firstly, we're going to have three talks on missional communities, myself this week, myself next week, and then Steve the week after. And we are also going to have these workshops that Rob has advertised before, one in the daytime and one in the evening, so that hopefully as many of us can participate in that as possible. They are going to be different, the sermons and the workshop. So do make sure that if you can, you can come to the workshops along with these next two weeks. But the purpose of this three-week talk and workshop on mission communities is that we outline our vision of what we think mission communities could be at CCS. We want to outline our vision that there is a community of empowered disciple makers on mission. We want to outline and give you a heart about us being that community of empowered disciple makers on mission together. We would like you to see the difference between what a missional community is, or MC as I will refer to it from now on, what an MC is compared to the traditional small group, house group, life group, home group, whatever the name is that we have called them. And you know what? We want you to be excited about joining a MC if you are not currently in one. We want you to be enthused about what an MC is and what it could be and for us to be joining on the mission that God is already doing here in Southport. Joining on the mission of those MCs who are currently working to make Christ known in whatever geographical area they feel called to, whatever people group they feel called to, age group, demographic, etc., And we want those who are currently in missional communities to be enthused and equipped about what their mission could be even more than it already is. How we could proclaim the gospel to those that God has called us to proclaim the gospel to as a community. We want you to be enthused and equipped. And we also believe that new missional communities will start as a result of these three weeks. We truly believe that God will be speaking to individuals and calling you to gather a group of people around yourselves for the common mission of something, whatever that might look like. Because we want to be a church full of missional communities. We want your eyes to be lifted and your hearts to be inspired about what we could be. That's the aim. (laughs) That's wrong. (laughs) Love it. Just a bit of history. Uh, We launched Mission Communities last year. We encouraged the small groups, as were, to transition on a journey, and we're still very much on that journey, into being missional communities. And a lot of the small groups decided they would embark on the journey of becoming an MC. We really want to bless those that have done that. We equally really want to bless those small groups who have decided to remain as small groups for the valid reasons that they have suggested and given to us. We want 
to make it clear, though, the difference between the two. And that's partly what these workshops will be about, because there is going to be a difference between these sermons and the workshops. The workshops are going to get down to the nitty-gritty detail of MCs. We're not going to be doing that on a Sunday morning. So we will describe exactly what a missional community is. Headline is that here we are giving this definition that we are a community of empowered disciple-makers on mission. Other literature calls mission communities uh, families on mission and other definitions, which we will go through at the workshop. We want to outline what a missional community entails. Again, just a brief headline is that it's a group of people who feel called to a particular geographical area, a group of people who feel particular calling to a type of people, a group of people, an age group, a demographic, or a group of people surrounding themselves with an activity of some description that they can invite others to join in that activity and whilst they do that activity, be witnessing and proclaiming the gospel to them. They're the kind of three categories of MCs. Currently, we're mainly in the first two, geographical area and types of people, different age groups, demographics. We don't have many activity ones at this time. Examples will be given, tools will be given, the structures and components MCs will be given. That is all going to be very, very practical. That's going to be the workshop. So please try your best to come either on Tuesday or Wednesday to that. But these sermons... We are going to break down this definition of what MCs are. A community of empowered disciple makers on mission. So today I'm going to look at community. We're going to springboard from the Belong series that we did before Easter, where we thought about how we are a community together here at CCS. It was very rightly so, and very biblically so, looking at how we internally are a community. But we are internally a community together with all the strengths and all the things that we taught on last series, so that we can go together on mission and transform Southport for Christ's name. That is the springboard, which we're going to be looking at today. I'm going to work through Luke 6 and see how Jesus examples what community is about. Next week, I'll be looking at empowered disciple makers, what it looks like for us to be empowered disciple makers. We so often think that discipleship is about our own personal growth, our own faith development, our own study of scripture and prayer, seeking the Lord, waiting on him. Yes, it is that. But it is that so that we are a people who make disciples, who in turn make disciples, who in turn make disciples, and so on. So we look at that next week, and then Steve, in the final week, will look at what it means for us to join on the mission that God is already doing in Southport. Because God is here, and he is a missionary God currently embarking his work into this town. And we as communities need to learn how to hear from the Lord, to hear what he is currently doing and get involved with what God is currently doing here in this place. That's week three. Slightly long introduction, apologies to that, but I just wanted you to kind of get the overall theme of where we're going and the difference between the workshops and the sermons, which is why it's so important to come to these workshops. Let's pray before we look at Luke 6. Lord, I thank you so much that we can gather together 
and we can learn about what it looks like to be community today. Lord, I pray that we seek your example, we seek your heart for what MCs could look like here in this place, so that, Lord, we can join in of what you are already doing here in this place. Amen. So Luke 6 verse 12 says this, one of those days Jesus went up on, sorry, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the whole night praying to God. Wow, we could do a whole sermon series on that one verse itself. But headlines for you, three headlines. One, Jesus went to be in community with his father. Jesus goes up this mountainside and he goes to be in community with his dad. We sung this morning, I believe in God the Father, I believe in God the Son, I believe in God the Spirit. God, as God three persons but as one, examples for us the most perfect community. That is unity personified. And Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, goes to be with his Father on a mountainside and to pray to talk to him, to hear from him, to have a conversation, just to spend time with him, be in his presence, so that he can be guided and inspired and fueled for what is about to come next. Notice how he didn't just go up for a quick 10 minutes. How long did Jesus go and be with his father for? All night. Goodness, I don't think I've ever prayed all night. This is a real challenge for us. He goes and spends the whole evening with his dad. I imagine it a bit like this. You know when you gather a group of friends round, you have a barbecue, it's a summer's evening, you're eating food, you're drinking some wine, you are having a great time. You are talking to each other, you're hearing from each other, you're learning from each other as a community. You are being inspired and fueled by each other as your group of friends. And suddenly you notice that the sun's well gone down, you have eaten far too much, never drunk far too much though, obviously, and it's 1am. And you think, goodness, where has the time gone? We have just been so fueled by each other's company. We have supported each other. We have counselled each other through the hardships of life and the joys of life as friends. I like to think that when Jesus went up on the mountainside to be with his father, this is what it was like. It was like being in that friendship community together. Jesus prays all night. This is the third headline. Because he needs to. Jesus prays all night because he needs to. Let me read you John 5, 19 and 20. Very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. The father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Jesus goes up on the mountainside to be in community with his father. He prays all night because he needs 
his father to impart those great and amazing wonders upon him. He needs his father to guide him on this critical decision that he is about to make. He needs his father with him. He needs to look and to see those greater works, those amazing things that the father is doing for him. If Jesus needs to pray and be with his dad all night so that he can have what is to be revealed to him revealed, how much more do we need to do the same? Jesus, God incarnate, God himself, spends time with his father to get that inspiration and to get fueled. That is a massive challenge for us. We need to do the same. We need to be worshipping him, praying to him, seeking him, looking up to him. And we believe as missional communities, there is an importance of doing this together. Let me read you another verse of scripture. Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. The gathering of community together to look up, to pray and praise to God is done so that God reveals himself in that place. Why do we gather as communities? So that we see God at work, that God is there. I want to be in a community simply for that one fact, that when I gather with people, God shows up. That's why we gather on a Sunday morning like this, because God is here right now. I pray you believe that, and God shows up and does miraculous things that he does. This is why we see at the very start of the early church, Acts chapter 2, it says this, the community of people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We gather as a community to worship God, to praise his name, to seek from him and to seek guidance. Let's read the next bits of that Luke passage. This is verse 13 to 16. When morning came, so Jesus had come down from the mountain, having spent all night with his dad, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. Notice, notice how there is a group of disciples of which he chooses 12 from. By definition, there's got to be at least 13 of them there. Yes? So he chooses from this wide range of people, 12 people, whom he designated apostles, Simon, his brother Andrew, and so on, and goes through the list of those disciples. Have you ever asked yourself this question? How did Jesus know who to appoint as his disciples? How did Jesus know? The previous verse tells us. Jesus goes up on a mountainside to pray all night. And my belief is that during that conversation, they are chatting. What do you think about Simon Peter? Well, he'll let you down, but why don't you go for him? Yeah? What about Thomas? Yeah, Dad, I'll choose, I'll choose Thomas, yeah. What about Matthew? What about Judas Iscariot? Well, you know how that's going to be played out, but quite important. How did Jesus choose his 12 disciples? He was guided by his dads. The first community set up was there 
being guided by time that Jesus spends with his heavenly Father. And why does Jesus choose these 12? Well, Luke doesn't tell us. Mark does. This is Mark 3, verses 14 and 15. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Let's just unpack this verse very slightly. The disciples are there so that they might be with him. Jesus chooses these 12 men who spend the next three years solely with Jesus, pretty much 24-7. The best way that we can think about it now is that they are apprenticing to Jesus. They are spending time with him, learning from him, witnessing all that he does, being amazed by the miracles that Jesus performs. They build strong relationships together. They are a community, a family together. They are brothers. They did life with each other. They are in community, though, for a purpose. Because what does that verse say? It says, he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Why is it that Jesus looks up to the Father to then be in as a gathered community together with his 12 disciples so that so that they can go out and preach the name of Jesus. They can preach with authority that the kingdom is coming and that they can do those miraculous works. And as long as going as well as going out, they are there to spur each other on. This is Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. They are a community where they are spurring each other on in love. Jesus calls these 12 people to example his life, to do life together, which is a common phrase in kind of MC language, so that they can spur each other on, they can love each other, they can do life with each other, but so that they can go out. Let's finish off this Luke passage together. Luke 6, verses 17 to 19. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Wish I could just preach on that last verse alone. Our next sermon series will cover a lot of that. But there was power coming from him, and he was healing all. Let me pose this for you, though. Did Jesus need to go with his disciples in order to preach the gospel and to do those works that are truly miraculous? No! He is God's. 
He doesn't need us. Jesus didn't need to be in community with other people. Yet, this is the point. This is the whole point, the whole concept of missional communities. That Jesus, God incarnate, God himself comes down and chooses to be in community with broken, hurting people. People that he knows will let him down, but yet he draws into community with them anyway. God didn't need them. He doesn't need us now. Yet, we have the privilege to be in community with him and to partner in the mission that he is already doing here in this place. So Jesus, God himself, lives in this community of three dimensions. If we just look for the next slide, a community of prayer and praise together, looking up, a community gathered, looking up and praising him. A community, next one, looking inwards, a community of love, learning, life, and looking out. A community of mission and doing miracles in Jesus' name together. This is a life shape, which is one of the basic things about a missional community. That we as communities need to be looking up, looking in, and looking out. We as individuals in our lives need to be always looking up, looking in, and looking out. This is the life line of a missional community. And do you know what? The reason I get so passionate about missional communities is that I truly know that they work. The few missional communities that I have been in and the one prior to coming to this church that I led, I know they work. I know that they benefit me personally. I know that as I gather together and I praise and worship God together, we look up as a community together, that that benefits me. I know that as we gather together and we can spur one another on in love, we can do life together, we can learn from each other, we can just be with each other and support each other, that benefits me. And I know that it benefits me when I go out on mission with the community. Uh, It's quite scary, isn't it, going out and doing mission by yourself. Isn't it? It's really scary. Yet Jesus gathers a community around him to go out on mission together. So when I've been out on mission with my missional communities prior to here, it feels safe because we can dare together to proclaim the gospel. Whereas if I was by myself, it wouldn't have been the case in the same way. Missional communities benefit me, but I'll tell you what, missional communities benefits the geographical area, the group of people, or the people surrounding themselves through an activity. It benefits them. It benefits them because they see the transformation power of Jesus Christ that has worked in the lives of those who are in the missional community, and they see it, and they want to know more about it. 
They want to know what it is to love like we are loved. They see it and they want it for themselves. Our aim, as I said at the start, is that you may consider joining a community. I hope that these next few weeks, along with the workshop and the next two sermons, that you will see the personal benefits, but the life-transforming benefits of those in this town who do not yet know Jesus. And that you join one, that you be encouraged in the one that you are already at, or that you come and see me or Steve about a heart for an area or a people or an activity that we currently do not yet have a mission community into. We want to see this town transformed for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Can I invite the band up, please? I just want to finish by asking you a couple of questions. What would it look like in your life if you were in a community that prioritised looking up to Jesus? What would it look like for you if you were in a community gathered together of prayer and worship on a weekly or fortnightly basis? What would that look like for you? What would it look like if you were in a community of people who were truly 100% supportive of you? who gathered round you and spurred you on in love. And what would it look like for you if you were in a community of people who went out on mission and saw people transformed for Jesus? That's the challenge that I want to leave with you. That's the challenge that we hope over these next three weeks will just bobble from you. Why don't we stand because we're going to sing and worship together. I'm just going to pray as we do that. Lord, I pray thanks that you have called us like you were to be in community with the Father, with each other, so that we can go out. Lord, I pray that if anything has stirred in our hearts this morning, that we come and receive prayer on this right-hand side of church. That something has challenged us about us being in a community our own lives looking up, in or out. Lord, just guide us and be with us. In your name, amen. So people will be at the sides to pray with you. If there's any of that disturbed you or is there anything else you would like prayer for, please come to the side here. But let's worship together.